What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Hey, Big MX listeners. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Big MX Radio podcast. I really appreciate anyone who takes the time to listen to my podcast. I want to take the time to not only thank you guys to, for listening and being a fan of the show, but uh, I want to contact you guys to uh, reach out to me, whether it be on Instagram, bradgebhart 88 I hope you're already following because a lot of my content goes there. Um, but also you can email me at bradgebhart 88 at gmail.com if you have any questions, concerns, or requests for athletes or industry members you'd like to hear from. I don't always know uh, exactly who to interview or uh, who you guys would like to hear from. So if you guys could help me out with that, uh, just give me some suggestions or if, uh, if there's ever a time when uh, the levels on the podcast aren't totally perfect or there's some noise in the background you want me to get rid of, I'll definitely do my best to clean things up and um, keep you guys happy on a week to week. Uh, I hope you enjoy this interview I did with Josh Grant. I tried to do it uh, more than just about uh, this last weekend at... Uh, uh, Red Bull Straight Rhythm and uh, Monster Energy Cup um, talked a little bit about his program with the two of that, but I wanted to kind of go down memory lane a little bit with Josh. Uh, he's a guy that has had a long career, 14 years, which is something that uh, almost kind of swept under the rug. They talk about a lot about um, Kevin Windham racing, like almost racing the the. He had a 15 year career. Well, Josh Grant's coming up on, on, a, on a very similar style career or same length of career. I don't think he gets nearly as, as much uh, notoriety for that. Of course, uh, Kevin was a little bit more uh, accomplished in his career, but uh, I think uh, Josh did an amazing, has done an amazing job to entertain and been a very fierce racer for a long period of time. So I hope you guys enjoy this, this interview. Um, I hope you guys check out uh, HuskvarnaCanada.com. Check those guys out. Um, my friend uh, Bruce Willis over there and uh, Allison have been in contact with me and uh, really looking forward to working with them more in the future. Uh, check out that brand new 2009 Husqvarna 252 stroke, which is the bike that I have my eye on, and uh, hopefully I can get one of those in my garage soon. But uh, as always, thanks for listening and uh, continue to support Big MX Radio, support all the podcasts about motocross because we uh, work so hard to bring you all of this information and uh, we love doing it. So uh, thanks again and enjoy this interview with Josh Grant. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF and the Fast House as well as the Collective Experience. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, a very special guest, the 33 machine of Josh Grant. Josh, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Hey, not doing too bad, man. Anytime that I can have uh, a guy who's uh, stood atop the podium uh, on at many races throughout his career, and uh, honestly, a guy that I likely had on my wall growing up is a, is a thrill for me, and uh, to think that we're probably right around the same age is kind of wild in that uh, respect, but uh, uh, you've been doing this for a long time. You've been very successful in your career, and uh, I'm proud to have you on. Yeah, well, thanks. I appreciate it. No problem. Absolutely, and uh, so... Um, before we get too far into some stories and stuff like that, uh, let's, let's talk two strokes, man. Uh, this is of course a very, 
Husqvarna friendly podcast. Uh, Husqvarna Canada, a huge supporter of Big MX Radio, and uh, that was the two-stroke of choice when it came down to uh, attending this last weekend's uh, Red Bull Straight Rhythm uh, 252 stroke, and uh, looks like Twisted Development uh, helped you guys dial that thing in. Uh, tell me a little bit about how that all came together. Um, yeah, I mean, it, around, it really came around with uh, my buddy Pete over at Racer X. You know, they were doing a media kind of class involved in the uh, straight rhythm deal. So he asked if I'd want to represent them. And, you know, obviously being friends, I was like, yeah, no worries. That'd be awesome. So just kind of yeah. pulled the trigger on it. And we just we chose uh, a Husky just from the fact that they're uh, still kind of developing the two strokes. And, you know, a lot of the other ones we weren't really, uh, you know, too worried about just just for the fact of that. So, but yeah, it was it was good, man. Just. Like I said, just wanted to go out and have fun and do something different and glad it all worked out. Absolutely. And I think that kind of falls in line with uh, Josh Grant as well as Josh Grant's career. I, I think I'd uh, be uh, speak for a lot of people when I say that uh, you've always carried yourself in a way that uh, you make being a professional motocross racer look like a fun job to have. And, and there certainly is a, a, a number of pros over the years that have not displayed that. They almost kind of they, they make it look like more of a job, uh, whereas you've, you've often had a smile on your face enjoying it throwing the bike upside down, showing off your skills. And I think that's why uh, fans have uh, can, been so drawn to you over the uh, what, what's now a 14-year-long uh, career. Yeah, it's, no, it's obviously been good. And like I've always told myself, it's just staying true to yourself and what you believe in. And that's, you know, I've never really gone off that path. So I think that that's why uh, maybe it's a little bit different. <laughs> For sure. Now let's let's talk about this event specifically. Getting ready for it, obviously, uh, uh, obstacles you're more than familiar with. Uh, you just don't have to worry about turning the motorcycle. Um, but uh, once you get in it, like you, you take you take off uh, the first one, I believe you're with Kyle Partridge, a guy oddly enough that I imagine you would have grown up racing against. I think you guys are right around the same age. If maybe you're just a little bit younger, maybe or maybe a little older. Um, yeah, we're we're right around the same. Same yeah. age, same class. We were, we grew up racing each other at the World Minis. That's and, funny. You know uh, all the all the amateur events. So yeah, it was kind of fun to get back with Kyle and be like, man, this, this brings back some memories for sure. No kidding. You you would have been on a, a Honda Houston uh, uh, CR one two five though. Yeah, one twenty five and two fifty two stroke. I think I rode it for maybe like one one amateur national, and then it went to the uh, four stroke. So we were on two fifty Fs and four fifties. It's crazy to think they have amateurs race 450s at like 14 years old, and then often guys don't jump onto the 450 till like like 21 as a pro. It's kind of wild. <laughs> yeah, or ever. It's or ever, fun. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> they hang out on them their whole careers. You're you're totally right on that. Um, and then uh, second round comes around. You, you you're able to, to to go undefeated against Kyle. You, you, you dust him off with the grease meter at full, uh, and then another familiar foe. A guy that you would have raced against a, a fair bit of uh, time as well, I believe. You're maybe a year or two older, um, Ryan Villapoto. You're you're familiar with uh, with that with that Ryan, I think. Yeah, for sure. No, it was, uh, like I said, you know, it's a def- it was a fun event. Um, you know, being able to race him, I was just kind of I was a little bummed. I made a mistake on the first uh, the first go around and kind of over jumped or clipped something, and then it ended up screwing me up for the very end. Um, you know, for for that one, and then was able to get him in the second one. But uh, yeah, man, I, I actually I was 
I don't know. It was kind of fun because the whole night we were trying to, we were battling like getting issues and I had some lines that I had kind of like in my back pocket that I wanted to maybe bust out for like a main event or, you know, for the night program for a win and just kind of didn't feel confident enough to like not have something go wrong. And with the amount of time that we spent on the bike, it just, you know, I only rode it, I think three days or so. So it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a bummer, but at the same time, it was like my first go at it. And, um, it's definitely a different style race when there's no turns involved and trying to remember everything. Like luckily we got the practice like the day before, which kind of helped, but, uh, yeah, it's completely different, but totally. It was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Absolutely. And given the fact that in the heat of the moment, uh, the face of one of those obstacles you're supposed to scrub over looks awfully like, uh, the, the takeoff of a triple. So you wouldn't want to, uh, mistake in those two whatsoever. Um, but yeah, uh, Ryan clipped you by, uh, a couple of knobbies in the third one, uh, a photo finish to say the least. Um, uh, but, uh, you, that, that was, that was your night, but, uh, like all in all, I think a pretty successful evening for you. And the fact that in the last two weeks, um, like, I kind of see the Josh Grant of 2018 almost like the uh, like a Kevin Windham of 2012, 13, 14, where you're 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 a fan favorite. You're kind of like the people's champ a little bit. Yeah, I mean it was a lot of fun. We've had a lot of people, you know, at least write in and just you know tell us how much that uh, that, that race was pretty much the race of the night. It was uh, it's cool, you know. For me, it's I'm on the tail end of my career and and to be able to like share those moments with like my kids and my family and it just makes it a whole lot better and just a lot more fun to be out there and and doing it for the, you know, those reasons. So, uh, yeah, it was just a good time. For sure. And, uh, I, I can't uh, speak about the last two weeks without mentioning the absolute shit eating grin that you had on your face while getting interviewed during the monster energy cup <laughs> with a one particular hat on, uh, that, uh, uh, the 33s replaced, uh, placed quite rather well with the hat that says beer me. I like that. You're yeah. That's, uh, that's part of our little line that we have at Hilton and it was, uh, you know, just a hat we offer and I didn't have any obligation to wear any other, you know, any other sponsored hat so that's what i chose and so it was kind of funny after we did uh did good in that second one and got a third it was like oh the camera crew's here so you know <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it was pretty cool it's it's, it's kind of uh, funny to think that if not for that third uh like uh one one could wonder whether or not they would have come to find you but uh um cool to see that uh you were able to have a really successful ride and uh um like even though they didn't have big whoops, which I think is something that you do really well, uh, a track that's wide open and something that you can charge through. Um, good starts, and you were able to uh, to crack that off. Uh, why stick with the Kawasaki on uh, on on an off weekend where you didn't have the obligation? Was this like the bike you had available no, to they, you? No, they they kind of offered they offered okay. some help for me. You know, you know, we just finished uh, my last term with the the contract, so. You know, if there's anything you want to do, um, you know, we'll support you and give you whatever we can. And obviously, they have a new bike, so there's not very many parts or stuff that were out. Yeah. Um, you know, due to the fact that, but uh, I rode a completely bone stock, you know, 2019 Gowie, and uh, I got some help from some sponsors that were, you know, I've been involved with for over the years, and to have their have their help was uh, was pretty cool. So I was able to get a good setup at least. My bike wasn't very fast. So I kind of struggled on the starts with getting good jumps and and getting pulled out of the gate. But uh, we kind of knew that going in. And for me, it was more about fun. And, you know, mostly it was like, hey, if this is my last Supercross, you know, I don't want it to be – I didn't want to end on a broken leg in Dallas. So 
going out to Vegas and having fun and getting back in the mix and, you know, at least doing it that way was uh, a way of me saying like, Hey, I'm not, not going out like that. <laughs> For sure. Leaving a positive note and, uh, and one of the motos on the podium is certainly a great way to do so. Um, and, uh, but like, as far as like your skills on a motorcycle, like I, I, I again, I draw kind of like parallels to a guy like K Dub. It's almost like um, maybe almost dis- discrediting how much hard work you do put into it. You've always been known as such a natural rider, a guy that just throws the bike around so effortlessly. Uh, how does that get cultivated? I know you probably grew up, grew up looking up to a guy like Jeremy McGrath and stuff like that. But how did how did J- uh, Josh Grant's riding style kind of evolve into this like just effortless? cool i'll stop blowing you now <laughs> i don't know man i just <laughs> i just guess that's how it played out you know i'm i always looked at those guys or looked up to those guys growing up and felt that style was like a big part of it i mean i okay. didn't want to you know have a goony looking style out there racing and i guess just worked on it and you know just had fun and luckily just was able to get it <laughs> Well, it, it's been a pleasure to watch, honestly, and I hope I hope it's not uh, not quite done because you're we're way too much fun to watch. And on top of that, uh, I still think that there's uh, there's definitely uh, opportunity for uh, like say like a guy like uh, Billy Leninovich had a piece in uh, or a segment in Moto. I think that's Moto Six or Five. Long after his professional career was was done, and I could definitely see a Josh Grant being asked to to do something similar like that. Um, and you've had a ton of great segments throughout your career. Uh, what are some of the ones that you look back at where were like, uh, they were really fun shoots. Uh, you were on point, bike was on point, gear was on point, And of course the grease meter was packed. Uh, man, it's, honestly, it's been just glimpses every year. Like we've had some good years and I mean, 2009 obviously was when I got my first win, um, with the JTR crew in the big class as a rookie, you know, first first moto or first race so that was cool and yeah i mean there's, there's so many i look back and look in the trophy room i call it and just you know all the memories and there's just so many you know through x games and gold medals and you know uh on the pipe video shoots and doing you know 200 plus foot ju- jumps out in glamis to winning supercrosses and you know outdoor nationals um it's just it's honestly been a crazy ride a fun ride but at the same time you know, it's uh, it's also had its downs too. So just yeah. thankful that it's, you know, it's been what it has been, and just look forward to hopefully just keep doing it some more. No kidding. Uh, I think that uh, fans are happy to see it. Uh, I think that uh, an annual pilgrimage to uh, Pomona, California, uh, for this uh, Red Bull Straight Rhythm, which should most likely be on your calendar. Um, but what was it like jumping on a two-stroke again for the first for the first time in a while? Like, I think you might have had a segment in one of the pre-mix videos. But obviously, don't spend too much time on two strokes. Period. I don't think a lot of guys do uh, if they're racing seriously. But uh, what was the transition like for you, getting back on that thing, getting reacquainted with the no engine brake, and just throwing the bike around? And uh, is that something you see yourself maybe doing a little bit more in the future, like actually owning a two stroke and and uh, and getting the lead out every once in a while? Yeah, no, for sure. Obviously, like the last time I really rode a two stroke was 2009. I did X Games Best with. Okay. And also, uh, I rode a day in the dirt race on on it once, so it was it was a lot of fun. But to bring back the roots and like the sound and smell of the two strokes, it just really kind of I don't know, just brought back a you know an excitement back to riding again and having fun. And it was uh yeah, just for me, I, I I'd love two strokes. I'd love to have one, obviously. And uh, 
you know, be able to go do some events and, and race on it. And I hope they bring, I hope they bring them back and, you know, maybe there's a class or something that will be here to stay, but it's just a lot of fun. You know, I think it brings back the root of the sport. For sure. It's just that the, I remember going to a race back, like when I was first started racing around 2000, 2001, you open the truck door and the first thing that hits you in the face is just two stroke smell, gas, the, the, <laughs> like we, we'd race arena crosses and then we'd have to like, basically the, Mac, just the Mac, the 927. <laughs> yeah. The Caster 927. Yeah. All I run in my two strokes. Gotta love it. Smells so good. And then we'd do these arena crosses and we'd have to like shut down the racing every couple of hours because the smoke would be so thick in the, in the, the stadium that, or the arena that people would literally be like choking on it. They need to ventilate it for a few minutes. That to me was the beauty of motocross. And, uh, there's just so much about that, that I feel like kind of maybe needs to come back a little bit, or if we could even take pieces of it and bring it back, that'd be good for the, uh, uh, community. Um, so with that, I kind of ask you, where do you see motocross as a community in the 14 years that you've been a pro, like you basically came in in like one of the hottest times of moto with uh, like James Stewart's last year on a on a 125 that guy uh, went 23 and one during your uh, illustrious uh, rookie outdoor season when you turned pro at at Hangtown and then now uh, it's 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 all four strokes all the time except for this one event this last weekend um, and uh, I, yeah I think th- things are just a little bit different a whole lot more corporate than they were back in 2004 where I think you're you're uh, you're a mechanic with Schneike, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it was honestly, man, it's it's changed quite a bit. Like, there's been a lot of, you know, just, I guess different um, things happening and the way the industry's uh, kind of moved and and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's crazy. Like I said, to look back at it, you know, 14 years ago, and you know, our four strokes had hot stalls and a bunch of others, you know, was, you know, stuff where you couldn't even get the bike started. Now they're just it's the evolution of it has changed, you know, dramatically. And I, uh, and even riding styles and kids growing up now. And I mean, dude, there's kids that are, you know, in the little mini class, they're making more money than the pros and they're not even, they haven't even done a race yet or won't do one for another five to eight years. So it's, it's crazy. Um, but at the same time, it's just the way it works and, you know, life changes. That it does. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm not too sure if, uh, uh, a young Josh Grant would have been able to uh, do many ride days the same way uh, Talon Hawkins does with you. With the uh, he's he's part of the uh, 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 Happy Living in the Now uh, crew. The kid's awesome, rad little dude. Yep. Um, w- what's it like to like take kids like that under your wing a little bit? Kids that have a great attitude, great family, and uh, he's also on Husqvarna two strokes. Yeah. No, it's really it's honestly it's really cool, and I've we're we're friends with the Hawkins and. You know, I support talent. I think that he has an amazing amount of talent and, you know, just to be kind of involved in that is, uh, is super cool. And, and to be able to help him with any, you know, opportunities that he might, you know, have coming up and yeah, it's just, uh, you know, my, my kids, my kids love talent. So we're always like, all right, we got to support, you know, especially those type of people that are always just, you know, happy and vibing out that, you know, things are good in life and, um, you know, enjoying racing and doing it as a family. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a cool feeling for sure. 
For sure. He's got a great vibe. Kid's always got a smile on his face unless he's, uh, unless he's having a really bad day at the races. But even still, uh, I know his, his episode that he did with uh, a couple of years ago with the Spectrum Series, he was really pumped on everything. And, uh, it just, and he, he fits that mold. Like he, he fits that like the, the fast house gear, the, the happy living in the now crew, the whole thing. And I think that's cool that you take him under your wing a little bit. Um, and speaking of your, your little guys, like uh, it, they got to be getting to the age where they're starting to uh, twist the throttle a little bit more seriously. Yeah, a little bit here and there. Um... I think for them, at least for my oldest one, Wyatt, who's eight, yeah. you know, he has kind of been through a lot of the uh, ups and downs that I've gone through in racing in the last few years. And for him, it's not as glamorous as much as the other kids would be. But, okay. uh, you know, his, you know, his, uh, his passion is in other things, but, you know, baseball and he loves riding, but he just isn't like a fan of like, oh, I don't really, doesn't really want to race. Um, which is fine, and I'm, you know, totally cool that I support whatever they want to do, but I think the younger one, Easton, who's four, now he's the one I think I'm going to have to worry about, because it's all about dirt bikes and, and tools and wrenches and gas, and he's uh, he's going to be that kid where, <laughs> you know, he doesn't really care, and I think you kind of have to have that with, like, that mentality, you know, mm-hmm. to be in the, in the racing world of just, like, kind of not scared of anything, so, um, yeah, he's probably the one I got to worry about, but whatever they do i i support it and you know as long as uh as long as they like it it's, it's all good for sure like is, is that some of the things that not only do you sort of remember about yourself but i'm sure even like mike your dad kind of like uh, notices it in uh your your youngest be like yeah you were just like that and and uh kind of had that fearlessness and sort of just like um just just like a taking to motocross like a duck to water you know what i mean like it's um uh like just just like natural and just wanting to be around it. I think that's something that like it, you can't really teach your kid to do that. They sort of just gravitate to it. Yeah, they they do for sure. They just you know for him it's he just he always wants to have fun. And when he's out watching dad race, I think that's enough stress for him. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, speaking of dad racing, uh, and and we've seen in the past, you're not afraid to uh, to, to race uh, your own motorcycle at a Supercross uh, near you, and obviously the first uh, five rounds of this next year's season are uh, right in your back uh, backyard. So um, this being sort of the off season, boot camps are about to start. I'm sure, uh, like uh, you, you're not a guy who has to immediately work on the fitness side of things. There's a base that's been built up over time, but uh, what's what's the the plan moving? Forward? over the next few months like do you do you start to feel put the feelers out have you already put the feelers out um and if it came to it uh say like christmas morning if if uh if josh grant doesn't have a uh a contract in hand uh will we see you at anaheim one uh most if that's the case around christmas time most likely not uh i've you know hopefully we can iron some things out in the next you know few months and i'll be lined up at the race but like I said, you know, this industry has changed quite a bit and, you know, with the amount of uh, rides and spots left open and kids moving up and an amount of, you know, sponsors that uh, are less willing to, you know, support this kind of thing, it's it's a, a lot tougher. So, um, I mean, I'd like to say, yes, I want, I'll be there, but, you know, there's still the uh, chance that it could not happen. So, um, then I'm in the same boat as I was in 16, looking for fill-in rides or, you know, something like that. But, uh you know, if that's the case, we're just going to have to take it where, where, you know, with what it is. So, 
For sure. So like, I, I, I you kind of answer this generally, but uh, I happen to notice or the things that I run into in, in my own, uh, like looking for sponsors and stuff like that, is that there's plenty of companies that are willing to, uh, to, to give like some product or something along those lines um, to like to as a sponsor, but a whole lot more re reluctantly to give uh, like actual funds or even a, a large amount of funds. Like they can give up with a little bit of money, but not a, uh, a, a, an amount of money that can make a difference or even run a, a, a program. Um, how do you handle that? How do you want to work around it? And um, like at, at the same time, like how do you eventually sort of like um, if a can't, if a money, if a, if a business can't provide financial support, um, you, you have to kind of go elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of how it works, you know, so just, you know, with free product and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't really put food on your kid's plate. And, no. you know, that's the real that's the reality of it. And we just kind of you just got to figure out ways to make it work. And there's plenty of people that can and and want to. But, uh, you know, or it's just, yeah, it's just kind of way it is. That is the way it is. But uh, and, and speaking of yours. <laughs> your sponsors, um, you've been, I've, as far as I know, and I could be completely wrong about this, but I think you've been in a showy helmet since amateur days. That is something that most guys can't say, um, unless I'm completely wrong on this, but uh, you've not only had some really cool paint jobs over the years, but also uh, sticking in the one helmet. How did you pull that off in a, in a sport where team deals and this, that, and the other thing, like it sort of just worked out that you wore uh, showy throughout your entire career? Yeah, no, for sure. I've always, you know, never wanted to leave that kind of out on the table with, you know, the safety of your head and, and whatnot. So like with showy, I've been in a showy for, I think almost 20, 24 years now. Wow. So yeah, I mean, I've actually been there than most of the guys that even have jobs there. So it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty cool, but, uh, walk in like, yeah, I'm, the just, place. I'm, stoked. Yeah, I'm just stoked to be involved with, uh, with such a great company and, and obviously, like the safety of Showy, I think that they're the best helmet out there. And that's what I want to put on my head. And I think that's the most important thing you can do. And, you know, just going from there, just being involved with the right people. And the amount of brand loyalty that they've showed towards us has been uh, been really good. And I, like I said, never would want to change that. For sure. Like, I, I just I think of just, just now, the fact that you were in Fly Gear, if not the, the last two years for sure, and they're uh, a brand that really threw it, like, kind of, uh, their, their flagship product is their helmet, and they try and get everyone at least, uh, like, uh, head, to, head to ankle uh, as far as their sponsored athletes, and you were able to uh, stick with the show. I think that shows uh, not only uh, some stick to it and miss on your part, but some longevity in the support that show has uh, shown you over the years. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they were on your head for, uh, when you, you, you whole shot at your first ever outdoor race and they were on your head when, uh, your first ever 450 race, you were, uh, holding the, uh, uh, the trophy and likely the trophy girl over your head that, uh, that, that night. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's just cool to have, you know, the loyalty with the, with those brands and, you know, especially with Fly, they've been uh, they've been really awesome for me the last couple of years. So to be involved with those types of people is uh, is key. You know, to making it all work. So I'm just stoked to have those guys help me out. For sure. Now let, let's talk about that A1 win, your first ever Supercross race, JGR's first Supercross race with a 450, as far as I know. And, uh, and at the end of the night, it's, uh, it's you standing on top of the podium, uh, smiling ear to ear. And, uh, that must've been like just a, a day to remember. 
Oh, it was, yeah, honestly, I couldn't even begin to describe how that, what that feeling was like. I mean, it's, it's unreal. So especially, you know, with the amount of pressure being a rookie and kind of coming into the sport, you know, that, or at least in the big bike class, you know, there's a whole lot of new pressure compared to when you're riding, you know, the lights program. So I just, for me, it was just one of the craziest fun experiences I could ever even, you know, imagine. So those guys did a lot of work for me too. And JGR and or uh, Koi and Jeremy over there, they just, it was just a good group and we had a lot of fun and that's what it's all about, man. It was just about having a great time. For sure. And I, I think that the, the switch from the, the Honda 250F for the 450 Yamaha, of course, that's pre-backward engine. Uh, those are good bikes. Yes, no? What's that? I'm sorry, I missed that. The, those were good bikes. Like the the bikes you were riding in uh, in '09. That's the like it was. That was a pretty refined platform. The '09 was basically the 2006 moved forward and uh, slight changes throughout. But it was it was a pretty solid racing package that you would have been on in 2009. Oh yeah, for sure. That was one of my favorite motorcycles to ever ride. You know, they had almost 10 years of development with that bike, and yeah. so when I hopped on it, we are we already had like you know that many years of development on it. So it was it was literally like one of the best bikes I ever, ever rode. And Alex was my mechanic at the time. And, you know, he was a little OCD, but that made everything work really well. <laughs> and, good. you know, uh, just, yeah, it worked out. So I was stoked on it for sure. For sure. And, uh, obviously the, the proof was in the pudding when you were able to get that victory. And you also had uh, a number of other, uh, solid rides that particular year. And I think, was it, la was it that year or the year prior that you won, the first moto at, or the year after you won the first moto at Millville? Uh, I think it was the year after. That's, tw that's 10? When Chad yeah, 10. Chased, chased you around the whole time? Oh, wait, no, that was, uh, that was at Millville? Yeah, you won first no, moto was, at Millville, and then you, it like... Was 2009. Okay, that's 09. Oh, yeah, yep. okay. That, that was a, a heck of a race, because Chad Reed was bringing down, breathing down your neck for the last five, <laughs> 10 minutes. It was, man. It was actually that whole year, just even with Supercross and Outdoors um, together, like I was on the podium quite a bit. I know Chad and I were, or, and I think Andrew Short at the time, we were all going for the championship. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was definitely a crazy year. I think I did, um, might've been maybe like a couple rounds left for the championship. And I still kind of had a shot at it, even though Chad, I think he had a pretty good points gap, but I ended up breaking both of my ankles at X Games that year, uh, right before the um, right before the last couple rounds. Okay, that, I was gonna say I, I I don't recall you being right in that right to the very end, but that would be why is you broke the ankles. Is 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 that the ankle injuries that you've kind of been sort of dealing with over the last nine years, or what? Yeah, I mean it's part of it for sure. Um, you know, it's not the complete the whole reason, but uh, yeah, it was definitely definitely part of it. I was in kind of some crappy boots at the time and uh, just, yeah, a whole lot of stuff, but you know, it's just the way it worked. That is the way it works sometimes. But uh, um, like, like throughout your career, you've had different injuries and stuff like that. And I think maybe this is something that maybe fans, media don't really think about um, is the fact that after certain injuries, um, like whether it be hockey, football, or motocross, some athletes never get to that absolute 100% that they could have been if not for certain injuries. Do you, do you ever feel like uh, throughout your career, like there's anything that's 100% held you back from ever being 100% of what Josh Grant can be? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many things and injuries that I've been through and especially tough ones that, you know, you're like, man, I don't think I'll, you'll never feel a hundred percent. I mean, hmm. it's just the way that's just the way for me. Like I, I've had so many ankle surgeries and shoulders and knees and so many things that there's not a chance to ever feel like that. It's just feeling as good as you can. And, you know, trying to work at, at making it better or as best as you can really for me, it's, you know, always been putting time on the motorcycle instead of like the more, you know, training and stuff, because every time I was hurt, I was always playing catch up to all the other guys that didn't have injuries, you know? So, um, that was the hard part. For sure. Like you're, you're racing against guys with that have had a full bill of health for two months and you may be dealing with two weeks or, or, or a month or something like that, or they've been, they've been at it without much of a hiccup for over a year. And like that, that's the type of momentum that's tough to compete against. Uh, how do you mentally prepare yourself for that? Knowing that like, yeah, I'm not coming in, uh, with, uh, like just like absolutely guns a blazing, but I have to, I have to do my best regardless of what that is. Yeah. I mean, it's just, then I think that's the mentality you have to have and, Luckily, I'm strong-willed enough to know that I'm like, all right, this is, you know, when your back's up against the wall, what else you got left to do? And that was it. Fair enough. Now, so let's talk a little bit about those uh, those illustrious rides that you had on the Geico. Uh, and it was also the Factory Connection, uh, what was it, uh, Samsung Honda for, for a short Yeah, bit? there was the Geico, there, or Samsung, Sobe No Fear, yes. Geico, Torco? we had all of them. <laughs> Did you have Torco as well? Torco, yeah, Torco was my, I think my last year, because I, I was think number so. 20 then. Yep, number 20, and uh, getting uh, spinning the wrenches for you, who worked at Honda of Houston of all places, uh, was, uh, his name is escaping me for this for the... Uh, Kranz was my mechanic then, Brian Kranz, Kranz and he's actually okay. Eli's mechanic right now, yeah. That's right. But then, uh, like, uh, I had Naveen. Naveen. Naveen, Naveen was, uh, that guy. Yep. Absolutely. He's got all of those uh, quotes from the Great Outdoors videos, uh, of course. <laughs> yep. uh, your, your, your first win at Bud's Creek when you win, and the funniest thing is I believe you were sick that day. Um, tell me a yeah. little bit about working with Naveen. Um, oddly enough, getting basically spotlighted by the uh, Great Outdoors series, and uh, you happened to win that particular race. That's cool. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Uh, Naveen has always had my back from day one, and so when he was able, I was able to bring him over from Honda Houston. It was just it was a you know cool feeling to have somebody familiar around, and and then I trusted. So, <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, it was uh, just, it's cool to be, you know, with, with those types of people and, you know, Kranz did a really good job. Schneike did a good job. Um, but yeah, it's uh, just crazy, you know, the paths you cross with the amount of people and people in the industry. So it's cool. Absolutely. And uh, so that particular race at Bud's Creek, what was it about that day that allowed you to, uh, to get that first win? Running the number 35 with, uh, I believe you're, that was when everyone decided to dye their hair jet black. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's more just a combination of like, you know, less pressure, you're not feeling as good and sometimes when I was in that in that state, I just seemed to do better and I think it was just because I took the pressure off myself and knowing and you know, I just I think everybody's expected to go out and win and do good so people start freaking out. So that's uh, I don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I imagine, as you know, with motocross, uh, you win that race. And uh, the week prior to winning that race, you might have gotten five phone calls. And uh, the week after you win that race, you get 500 phone calls. 
how did you deal with that throughout your career? Because uh, with the, fr the flashes of brilliance that you've had in whether you win like an MXGP round or you uh, win Anaheim 1 or Bud's Creek or some of these just like absolute standout moments um, where you get a whole lot more attention than other times of the year, how do you kind of like ride that roller coaster a little bit of like there's certain times when people only really want to chat with you when you got something that you're you're up to something cool uh there's some other people who are, are, are who will dial you up uh on, on a monday afternoon after uh straight rhythm right i don't know it's just you just gotta i don't know it's, that one's kind of hard i don't feel like for me it's i'm like i said just being true to yourself and just mm -hmm. knowing you know the things are going to work out and that's kind of what you got to do you got to put trust in <laughs> trust in the power above you know i think so this mm -hmm. way uh yeah i like it now before i let you go i'd be remiss to get you off this phone call without asking you about your first moto in hangtown a guy who uh <laughs> you raced that race uh that track a number of times uh i imagine prior to uh your first round every year of course a socal guy but norcal is not that far away um your first race Gate drops, you look over, nobody there, whole shot. A couple laps later, the bike stalls in the end of corner. Tell me, like, just take me through that moto all the way right up until uh, uh, the pesky four strokes wouldn't fire. <laughs> uh, a lot of it was, you know, first, well, we went through, like, a testing um, state with, uh, with uh, Geico, and they were like, hey, you know, we want you to come out and, and uh, be part of the team. We did like a test day out of Cahia Creek and just kind of went, went for it, you know? And so like, I think there was already like pressure built up from that. So like lining up for my first national, I think I was so nervous that if I didn't like just go out and prove it right away that I was not going to stay there. You know what I mean? It was like that type of pressure, but, um, getting the whole shot was, I like, I don't even, I can't even describe it. It was like, oh my gosh, there was just so much like intensity. And yeah. I just told myself right when I got out of the gate, like, hey, just go as hard as you can for as long as you can. And whatever happens, happens. And I ended up pulling like really good gap and like lead and, uh, and all that. So I like, when I came around that corner and I stalled, I think I was above, I was ahead of James and, you know, all these guys that I yeah. like grew up watching and it was just, it was intense. So when I fell, I think I panicked and was just, you know, pulling the hot start, not pulling the hot start because those things were so finicky at the time. I was just, you know, super nervous. And long story short, I could not get the thing started. I mean, I think I even gave it back to Snikey and he couldn't even get it started and went back to the truck. But I think that kind of set the bar for where, like what my expectations were for myself and just kind of keep working at it and have fun. And yeah, it was honestly it was the, one of the coolest races. I look back at some of the old video that um, my buddy Jay Schweitzer, who did all the on-the-pipe videos, right. he sends me that stuff all the time, and he's like, dude, check this out, you know, back in 2004. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's cool to look back on those memories, for sure. Yeah, it is, and uh, yeah, that moto, I, I've, I've, I've seen numbers of videos of it, you just kicking it and kicking it and kicking it, the thing never fires, <laughs> push the damn thing yeah. off, but uh, uh, honestly, I, even like with the stall, couldn't ruin your weekend and the fact that uh, uh, leading laps at your first ever national, there's not too many guys that can uh, even slightly say that, so uh, that's a feather in your cap that you'll always have. You're also one of the only guys that I've ever seen to uh, come up short on a 180-foot dirt double and then basically break the front fender off with your own ass. 
Yeah, that was a that was a good story too. That one uh, that one hurt, but <laughs> went up there and was doing some filming in Reno, and yeah, uh, I guess they named it Grant's Tomb after I buried myself on it. But it was it was all good, you know. I uh, unfortunately just scrubbed the lip, and it was a little windy, and shouldn't have done it, and walked away from it somehow. <laughs> walked away, so that's what's important. Um, Fourteen year long career. La- one of the last questions I got for you before I let you go, my friend. Uh, I I would love to hope that you at somewhere have a uh, a shift jersey number three eighty six. Uh, and some other jerseys and memorabilia throughout your career. I talked to a, um, a NHL goalie from the 70s today, uh, just out his, at his local business, and he said that he has he has not a single one of his pl- like game worn jerseys from his professional career, uh, which I think is absolute tragedy. Um, were you able to pervert, preserve uh, a good amount of your stuff from throughout the year? Because obviously you guys give away a lot of stuff, and when you're in the moment, you don't think to save a lot of it. But uh, I, I just as a super sentimental guy myself, I would like to hope that uh, guys like you like kind of save some of that stuff and maybe have uh, um, like a, a few boxes of it of it stashed away that you can oh, look yeah. back on. Oh def- yeah, I've I've saved I've saved quite a bit of my stuff, and nice. I've actually given a lot of stuff to friends that you know, have them hanging up in their, uh, in their garage and, and all that. So it's, uh, it's cool. I kind of always at least kept the ones that meant something and, um, that I, you know, remember, you know, wearing and some that are super dirty and yeah, it's, I always like to, you know, keep that stuff and look back on it and have a reflection of, uh, that kind of stuff. So for sure it's good. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I, I, I got to thank you for, again, for coming on the show and giving me the time, 40 minutes of your Monday afternoon. It's very valuable to me and, uh, and the listeners to have you on. I hope that uh, this isn't the last time we'll have you on the show. Def- I'd love to think that we can call you back uh, later on this year and, and talk about uh, you continuing to race and perform for the fans that love to see you do it. And uh, yeah, man, like uh, if, this, if this is your last Supercross we've seen at Morris Monster Energy Cup, I appreciate uh, your career and all that you've given us over the years. Uh, and, and if there's more to come, then uh, look forward to uh, seeing you pack that grease meter tight and, uh, and get all kinds of sideways for me on press day. For sure, man. No doubt. Thanks.